This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. John chapter 9 is a story in itself, and I want you to watch me for one moment because I'm going to make a sign here that goes like this. We have a blind man who increasingly gets his physical sight and then his spiritual sight. And then we have religious teachers who claim they can see, but they prove progressively that they are blind as bats. So let me read this to you and watch for both the uh, progression of the blind man and the degression of the religious leaders. Hear the word of the Lord from John chapter 9. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they call Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. 
They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. The second time they summoned the man who had been blind, they said, Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord. And we listen with our hearts. We want to understand and apply your word to our lives we thank you that jesus is the light of the world and that he gives vision spiritual vision to all who look to him by faith thank you in jesus name amen today's message is entitled i was blind but now i see let's remember that Last time we were together, we were studying John chapter 8, and in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. First of all, Jesus made an I am claim. I am is the name of God, Yahweh. I am who I am. But secondly, in the Gospel of John, there are seven I am claims, like I am the bread of life, I am the water of life. Here he is, I am the light of the world. And he says, if you follow him and put your faith in him, you will never walk in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. You'll have the Spirit of the Lord in you. And that's important for us to understand. Here in John chapter 9, we see the light of life theme continued. John 9, 4 to 5, Jesus says, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So he's speaking about his disciples, that they are to do the Father's will, and the Father's will is to minister to the blind, that they might see uh, the love of God in the face of Christ and come to faith in Jesus Christ. So while Jesus was in the world, he was a bright light shining after he left the world, after his crucifixion and resurrection, he left his Holy Spirit. And now we are the light of the world. We're reflecting Jesus' light to others. We have his transcendent power in these earthen vessels. You might say that we're cracked pots, and through the cracks, people see the light of Jesus shining through us. The key verse or concept of this chapter is this, that the same light makes it possible to see or it blinds the eyes of those who refuse to see. Now think about that. The headlights of your car make it possible for you to drive at night. But if you are a deer in headlights, that's not a good thing because you are blinded by the bright lights and they cause you to stand still and get killed. So the same light can either give you sight or it can glare in your eyes and blind you. So here you have the blind sinner who receives the truth and he sees. But then you have the righteous, self-righteous religious person who rejects the truth and becomes even more blind spiritually. That's what we have in John chapter 9. The key verse being John 9, 39. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Same light, the light of the world, Jesus, but depending on how you see that light, he either will give you sight or he will blind you. If you want forgiveness for your sin, if you want peace and love and joy, if you want eternal life, then you look to the light and you will see. If you want it your way, if you want to be the captain of your fate and the master of your destiny, if you want to be the Lord of the ring of your life, then you'll move away from the light and the light will blind you. That's what we see 
in John chapter 9. So there's three points today. And the, the first one is this, the magnitude of the miracle. John lists seven miraculous signs in the Gospel of John. Only one is mentioned in the other Gospels, and that's the feeding of the 5,000. All the other six are unique to the Gospel of John. And this is one of the unique miracles only mentioned by John's Gospel, that Jesus healed a man who was born blind. Let me say something. That is huge. Blind from birth is significant, and it's made clear that it's significant in this chapter. In verse 1, the disciples asked Jesus, is this man blind from birth because he sinned or his parents sinned? You see, the Jewish culture at the time had a view of morality that I would call the just world hypothesis. The just world hypothesis is, if you do good, good things will happen to you. If you do bad, bad things will happen to you. So therefore, if you're born blind, either you did something bad or you were going to do something bad, or your parents did something bad, and therefore you're blind. But that's not true. It's not accurate. The innocent suffer, and the wicked succeed. We have a world affected by sin. And because sin has entered into the world due to man's rebellion and rejection of God's direction, we have disease and sickness, and we have uh, storms and tsunamis. We have cancer because there's sin in the world. The whole world is off kilter, and we're groaning with creation until God recreates the heavens and the earth, which he will do, and gives us a new glorified body, which many of us are looking forward to. And so, in the meantime, Jesus is saying in verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Yes, it is true this man was born blind, but it wasn't due to sin. It was so that God could be glorified in healing him. It will take God to heal a person who was born blind. Don't miss that, because Jesus is proving in the Gospel of John that Jesus is God. We also see in verse 8, of John 9, that healing made him unrecognizable to his neighbors. Now, I find this to be very interesting. Have you ever seen a blind person? I was thinking of, uh, of uh, an actor who portrayed a blind person in a movie, and he's dancing, and while he's dancing, his eyes are always focused forward. His eyes never move to the right or to the left. And you can tell he's doing a great job of pretending to be blind because the eyes don't engage. They don't look around. They don't recognize anything. Can you imagine that someone who's always looking forward, you say, oh yeah, he's blind, but then his eyes can move 
And you're like, is that the same one? Is that you? Even his neighbors did not recognize him. His face didn't change. His eyeballs changed. They were able to move to the left and to the right. And some said, no, it's the same man. Some said, no, it's not. That's a different guy. He, he might look the same, but no, it's a different guy. And the guy's jumping up and down and saying, it's me. It's really me. Yeah, I was that guy who was begging. I was the guy who was blind. I was the guy who could only see straight forward. I mean, just have my eyes straight forward. And now I'm looking around and I'm taking in all of the beauty of creation. And I love you and I love you and I love you and I can see you and I just want to hug you guys. I'm so excited. I was blind, but now I see. I was blind from birth, but now my eyes have been opened. That's a miracle from God, no less than from God. And then in verse 18, the leaders, notice this, did not believe he was blind from birth until confirmed by the parents. In verse 18, they still did not believe he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Now this is very interesting because God can do a miracle and God can be working in your life to show you his love and you can have a stubborn, hard-hearted heart that resists and rejects the evidence that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And you can bend over backwards to spurn the obvious. And they say, yep, he's our son, and yes, he was born blind. Well, then how are his eyes open? Uh, let him talk about that. You see, they had already said, if anyone says Jesus is the Messiah, they're going to be kicked out of the synagogue. So they said, oh, let him talk about that. And that's eventually what happened. He was kicked out of the synagogue. But the point here is that the fact that it was confirmed that he was blind from birth was an undeniable miracle. You had to cover your ears and yell, la, 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 I don't want to hear this, in order to not see that this was a miracle. And when the blind man uh, get sarcastic with the leaders because they ask him over and over again, what exactly happened? And come on, stop lying. Tell us the truth. Give glory to God. What did this guy really do? Was this some hocus pocus? You know, did he enchant some demons? What, what, what happened here? And the guy's gets fresh with him and says, hey, why do you want to hear this over and over again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And I loved it because uh, um, he's really giving it to them. And when they say, hey, we are disciples of Moses, and we know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The blind man, now healed, says, now that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to godly persons who do his will, and nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. 
If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. This has never been done before. And you know, the, the religious leaders should have known better because it says in the Old Testament that the Messiah would heal the blind and make the lame to walk. These are prophecies being fulfilled right before their blind eyes. And they can't see it right in front of their face, even when they're confronted. Now, the manifestation of the miracle is this, that the blind man increasingly goes from blindness, physical blindness, all the way to spiritual sight. In John chapter 9, verses 10 to 11, he's asked, who healed you? And he says, Jesus. In John 9, 17, he's asked, well, who is he, in your opinion? He says, a prophet. He's progressing. And then in John 9, 31 to 33, he says, he's a godly person who does God's will and a man from God. And finally, Jesus comes to him and says to him, um, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he says, tell me who he is so that I might believe. He says, the one you see now and the one you're hearing my voice, I am he. And he says, I believe. And he worshipped him. Do you see how he went from physical blindness to being physically healed? But physical healing is not enough. Just because you're physically healed doesn't mean you're out of the woods spiritually. You need to be spiritually healed of your blindness. Blindness is sin, that we are blind to our broken relationship with God. We're blind to the consequences of sin, which is spiritual death and eternal separation from God. We are blind to the fact that God loves us. And when we finally admit we're in need when we say, I want to see, God opens our eyes. And this man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. Son of man is a reference to he's the Messiah. Have you come to that point where you've experienced God's blessings? He's healed you at different times of your life. But you realize it's not enough to have a healthy life or a a healed life, you need to have a saved soul. You need to trust in Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. You need to say, Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe your blood was shed so my sins could be washed away. I believe that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. Come into my life by your Holy Spirit. That's when you're spiritually healed. That's when you have eternal life. And finally, the misunderstanding of the miracle. We've seen the magnitude of the miracle that he was healed from being blind from birth. We see the manifestation of the miracle that he was in, the blind man was increasingly and progressively having his sight restored physically and spiritually. But now we see the misunderstanding of the miracle by the religious leaders who should have seen it and understood it. Religious leaders had a negative bias that Jesus was a sinner. And actually in the previous chapter as I read this, they called him demon-possessed. And to make it worse, they said, you're a Samaritan devil. 
So they took the ethnic group that they hated the most and used that as the adjective to say, not only are you evil, but you're, you're down there with the ethnic untouchables that we hate. You're a Samaritan devil. So they've called him worse, but in this chapter, they're calling him a sinner. Now, why are they calling Jesus a sinner? Well, in John 9, 16, he broke the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, according to man-made rules that they came up with, which is the seventh day of the week, Saturday, you're not to do any work. And the work that he did was he made clumps of clay. That was work he wasn't supposed to do. He healed a man. That was work he wasn't supposed to do. According to their tradition, according to their rules and regulation, the fine print was violated by Jesus. Therefore, he must be a sinner. But Jesus had taught the Sabbath was not made for man, but man for the Sabbath. And who wouldn't help an ox who fell into a pit to get out of the pit on the Sabbath? Of course you would. So then why can't I heal somebody on the Sabbath? He's made that point before. Uh, but they call him a sinner. And in John 9, 24, they let their bias be known. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt he's a sinner. And when they get, here's the height of, of unmerited temerity that in John 9, 34, they said to the healed blind man, you are steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us and they threw him out that's the height of gall the blind calling the sighted blind but doesn't stop there in john 9 40 to 41 jesus said for judgment i have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind and some pharisees were standing right there and they heard him say this and he said what are you saying we're blind and Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. So in other words, the spiritually blind religious leaders called the formerly blind man blind, that he was steeped in sin. When you and I know he was forgiven of his sin and he came to faith in Jesus and he was saved and he could see. He was once blind, but now he could see. But Jesus calls the religious leaders blind that their guilt remains. So the religious leaders claim they can see that they are disciples of Moses and are therefore guilty of rejecting the Messiah of which Moses said to listen to this prophet who would be like him. Deuteronomy 13 one to five. So if they really were disciples of Moses, who said there's going to come a prophet after me who's like me, listen to him, then they would have accepted Jesus as the Messiah and they would have trusted in him. But no, they had a negative bias saying he's a sinner and they rejected him. So let's get back to the closing point as the... Uh, which is that the same light makes it possible to see or it blinds the eyes of those who refuse to see. So you saw the blind sinner receives the truth and he sees. 
And you see that the self-righteous religious person rejects the truth and becomes even more blind spiritually. And in John 3, Jesus had already said this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil <clears throat> hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Again, Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The question to you today is which way are you headed? Towards the light or towards the darkness? If you're heading towards the light, you admit that you have a sin problem and you need a sin savior, Jesus. If you're heading towards the darkness, then you want to be king and queen of your own castle and make your own mess and live in it. And you will. What is your choice? Head towards Jesus, the light of the world, and not stumble and have the light of life or reject Jesus because you have a negative bias and can't believe he is who he said he is. And go on your own. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and you'll end up somewhere you don't want to be. That's the gospel. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.